0: Welcome to the Cinema Australia Podcast with Matthew Eales.
1: Hello and welcome to the Cinema Australia Podcast. My name is Matthew Eales. In this episode, I'm joined by writer, director, co-producer, director of photography, editor and composer Ivan Sen and actor Simon Baker to discuss their masterful new film, Limbo. In Limbo, Simon Baker plays Travis a jaded detective who arrives in the remote outback town of Limbo to investigate the cold case murder of local Indigenous girl Charlotte Hayes 20 years ago. As truths about the murder begin to unfold, the detective gains a new insight into the unsolved case from the victim's fractured family, the surviving witnesses and the reclusive brother of a chief suspect. This episode of the Cinema Australia podcast was recorded live from Luna Palace Cinemas in Perth during Ivan and Simon's national Q&A tour of the film. I was very aware throughout the interview that Simon and Ivan were late to a dinner booking, so I couldn't get through all the questions I wanted to ask. But what I did get out of the two was uh, terrific, and I can't thank Ivan and Simon enough for taking part in this recording. Limbo is in cinemas now, and I recommend seeing it on the biggest screen possible. As you'd expect from Sen, the cinematography is breathtaking. This character, Travis, that both Simon and Ivan have cooked up will be difficult to shake. If you're a fan of Ivan's Mystery Road series, you'll be happy to know that this detective is as far removed from Detective Jay Swan as you could possibly get, and this film takes viewers on a journey unlike almost anything we've ever seen in this country. Anyway, enjoy. Um, Ivan and Simon thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast It's great to have you with us
0: Great to be here yeah, again, again.
1: Um, I guess we should paint a picture for the listeners actually We're, we're at Luna Leaderville in Perth uh, Simon you were just commenting on what a great cinema this is
2: uh, Yeah I, I, I came here when I released my film Breath Yes And I was told Ivan about a moment where I sat with Tim, stood with Tim Winton at the back and watched the end of it mm of the film and then went down and did a Q&A and yeah. it, was a, it was a, as soon as I walked in I remembered the whole cinema straight away. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: it really is a beautiful spot. Uh, these guys support Australian cinema so much, which mm. is great. Um, Ivan, I was just saying to you that uh, you've now officially become the most interviewed uh, filmmaker over at Cinema Australia, this is our third time now, um, so I guess I just want to say thank you for making yourself so accessible to, uh, to film
0: enthusiasts like myself no worries I, I think it's always the important big journey across the the nation over to perth and mm. to come to the to the luna yeah. and then um yeah and to uh do the the local you know publicity and yeah yeah it's some it's, um, part of the process i reckon yes.
1: Uh, Simon, this is double numbers for you too. Although I haven't officially interviewed you for Cinema Australia, I did host the Q and A at event cinemas in Perth when oh, you were yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I, actually, I don't know if I had hair then. I, I might have uh, gone bald since then. So, yeah, you might not recognise me. No, you I, I think I
2: remember <laughs> the jacket you were wearing. Oh,
1: right. What yeah. was the jacket?
2: It was kind of like a grey hashed jacket, yes. like that, like a sort of a tweed. jacket. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah fantastic. There's a bit of a, ye- a yellow pinstripe through it. Yeah, real yeah. <laughs> hmm Very much into my tweet, Ivan.
1: Um I'm I'm curious to know actually, uh talking about Perth, have either of, of you been to Perth uh for recreational purposes rather than uh, filmmaking purposes?
0: No. No. But uh, he he probably has, have
2: you? No, I haven't. No. No. All for filmmaking. All for filmmaking yeah. or or releasing a film in yeah. some way, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, do you have any interest in, in coming and in exploring it uh, as a tourist?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I felt, obviously, I, 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 made, I shot my film down on the um, southern coast in, in Denmark. Yeah. Um, and I love that area. And I've, I often fantasise about going back and spending a couple of weeks there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. To it. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. It really is. It is. Um, congratulations on Limbo. Uh, I watched this film the other day at home. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't watch it on the big screen, and from the first shot, I instantly knew I was doing the wrong thing, and I should have been watching it on the big screen. Ivan, would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I think probably more so with this film than any of my films. Mm. Yeah, consciously, really um, composed for the wide screen, but yeah. but the wide is designed for scale, mm. not 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 to be not not to be covered by your eyes in in one plane. So you can actually uh, scan the image when it's of scale, mm-hmm. large mm-hmm. scale. So you can kind of be a participant, more of a participant in the process of, of watching the film because yeah. of the scale and the widescreen. And, and if it's actually used, the widescreen is actually used with, with some kind of conscious focus, then... You do create something that's very different to very different experience to um, what you get on a small screen. Yes. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's almost inter- interactive in a way because your eyes are going from yeah. one side to yeah. the other. And
0: you're choosing that. It's a conscious choice for yes. you to look at. Like there's 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 several scenes in the film where you've got uh, Simon's character, Travis, talking with Rob Collins' character, Charlie, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I've got them way opposite from each other. You know, and it, if if you want to see what the other one's kind of thinking or or be, Or what they're going to say and, you know, you can make up that decision yourself. Yes. Who to look at. So you become a participant whereas on the small screen it's just just more of a one-dimensional experience. Mm. Mm. It really is.
1: Mm. Um, uh, Ivan, I read a recent stat last night that uh, First Nations children make up about 20% of missing children in Australia and uh, I guess the most disturbing thing about that stat is that it's quite often that it's First Nations communities... Who are the ones who have to um, raise the alarm and, and ask for help um, uh, and, and, and call for justice? Um, Alan Clark's recent documentary, *The Bowerville Murders*, uh, really highlights this. Um, I'm not sure if either of you've no, seen that, I but it, heard it's, of that, no. it's incredible. You should check it out. Um, Limbo is obviously your response to those statistics. Mm. Uh, well, I think it is anyway. Um, can you talk to us a bit about um, that response and how you wanted to explore it here with Limbo?
0: Yeah, I mean, statistics are one thing, but you kind of have your own statistics within your own life experience mm. as well mm. as an Indigenous person in this country, because you, the the statistics uh, involve the, your own family and also your fr- extended family and 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 your friends as mm. well, mm. who who are connected within within your your um, your your group. So, um, a, and along with those statistics that you mentioned, uh, Indigenous women. Uh, Um, The murder rate is 12 times the national average as Mm. well. Mm. So um, this is obviously going to affect almost every Indigenous community Mm. when you're looking at those kind of numbers. And um, uh, limbo um, is kind of a complex look at that as well as um, the interaction with the the justice system. Do you want to elaborate on
1: that any more,
0: it's uh i mean it, it, it's it's a st- it's an intimate study of of trauma and also um, connection disconnection mm. between this indigenous family and and this cop who's also got his own set of connections and disconnections mm. and mm. Um, he's damaged as well as the family is there's a sense of trauma within him mm. um, and uh the police, the justice system in this country in, um, is pretty much a metaphor for the consciousness of this country. Yes. And, and um, I, I mean, often the police are the ones copying all the criticism, but the, it, it, the cops, the justice system is... in and judicial system within this country is an extension of the, the attitudes and the values mm. that have mm. arrived here with the First Fleet. Yes. And, and it's just a very difficult thing to throw that. Mm. I, don't mm. I, I don't really get it, mm. why we can't throw it, mm. you know. The, the cycles of, of, this, of this racist mm. um, attitudes have just been very difficult to sever. Yeah. Not just in Australia, but, mm. you know, around the world, really. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's an interesting point. Those statistics aren't just Australia-based. Yeah, I mean, it's... you look
0: at Canada, and they have a very similar situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, with with the missing women over there, they're mm. actually mm. their numbers are actually much higher than ours. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Um, as Simon, uh, when were you first approached uh, for this film, and and what was your first reaction to Ivan's story?
2: Yeah, I liked the story. I was intrigued by the story, and you know, I, uh, you know, I think um, these stories that kind of shine a light. Uh, and anything that I can do to help shine a light on that, obviously uh, I feel a, I feel a sort of a, a, a my conscience suggests that I, I'm, I'm interested in these stories. Mm. Um, yet the sort of the social structures that we exist in right now sort of say that I can't tell these stories, yeah. but I can be a part of them. Mm. Um, I think they're important stories to be out there and they're, they're interesting stories because they can connect people and they can engage people. Mm. Um, you know, possibly in conversation, um, but to move the needle, perhaps. Yeah. But even just personally in their own uh, experience of the story, to um, reflect and think a little bit more about about uh, stuff outside of their own um, immediate space and backyard. And, mm uh i think cinema is powerful in that regard as a, as, a, as a tool to connect people from different uh um socioeconomic groups uh, from different cultures uh, i think it's a really incredibly powerful tool and i like i liked ivan's work yes uh i like his approach to the way he works um and i enjoy his uh, method of working hands on, and that was pretty evident to me. Like, you know, you you're around in this business long enough, and, and with what I do, and mm. you know, if you got half of half a brain, which I'm lucky to have, um, <laughs> sometimes although I don't treat it that well, um, you know, you can pick up pretty quickly someone that's sort of engaged in a in a really positive way yeah. and knows what they want to do and how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always a joy. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pretenders in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 rife for pretenders. I mean, that's half of the business. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> yes. It's pretending. pretending. That's what I yeah. do for a yeah. living. Mm-hmm. Um, so I so I so I, I liked I like to be engaged in stories that um, are about something. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I mean something that's tangible, mm, mm. Um, and then it's really, then it's about the craft and the art of the process. Mm. We, you know, we didn't, we don't necessarily have when we're working. We're not having conversations on on that level. We're not talking about that because it's all, that's all there, and yeah. that's all implied. Mm. And that in the process of making a film, film is a very organic creature. Mm. You set the parameters of what it. What, what it's going to be and and then it starts to tell you mm. and inform you and I believe in that sort of um, philosophical approach to making a film yeah and it was very evident to me very early on that Ivan believes in that mm. and he's prepared to not let people intervene in that process yes. um, so that everyone's engaged in the same path that mm. that movie's going to go on yeah, yeah. and that's uh, a, a great privilege as an actor to mm-hmm. be involved in that, and you know, there's not there's not been too many times in my career where I felt that in the, is, is, in such a pure way that I felt it working on this film.
1: Amazing. Had you seen any of Ivan's previous films? So obviously. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I was
2: not going to jump into bed with a guy without seeing <laughs> any of his <laughs> action. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, Ivan, what was it about Simon? Um, 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 I don't know. I'm still trying to work that out actually. <laughs> I? I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any time. Must have been drunk <laughs> yeah. and stoned and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I think the evidence is right there on
1: the screen, right? I was and just
0: looking up the f- still on the on the, the the photo at the front of the Q and A yeah. and seeing old Travis standing there with his little ciggy hanging yes. out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. and his hand and I, and the separation between him and Simon, I feel I kind of feel is is greater than ever before. I yeah. feel like he's you know. Whatever he did with this crazy old bugger mm, yeah. um he did it well because um I really feel like you know travis is is a long way from uh, simon yeah and you, mm. and um because i've you know I cut the film i'm very close to it, mm. and sometimes you you um don't kind of sit back and separate from it yes and uh but um yeah just last the last week or so I've just yeah, looked up at the screen and I thought, "Who the hell's this old bugger?" Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. he's just so—he's not like you. He's not you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, where's where's where he gone? Mm-hmm. I, I want to mm-hmm. talk to him. He disappeared. You know, like where is he? I miss him. <laughs> it's like having two people on set. Yeah, there's yeah. Travis and there's Simon, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, man, I, I've, I've I, like Simon knows I, I I was looking at him. I, I was a fan of his stuff, uh, the, the Guardian um the first stuff he was doing over there mm. and um yeah i just i just i just really think he's got a, he had a great presence and and just he he invites you to to into his thought process yeah, yeah. and um that's a, it's a thing that's hard to teach mm. anyone they kind of got that or they don't i think yeah um yeah so um but oh, just a matter of time until we hooked up i think
1: I can't quite shake Travis yet. It's been over 24 hours <laughs> since I've watched the film and I still can't get him out of my system yet. Mm. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Detective Jay Swan, uh, who, in my opinion, is the greatest Australian film character of all time. And whenever anyone tries to argue with me, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you out in the bar about it. But, well, he's um, Slash
0: TV, isn't he?
1: Well, it's Slash TV. But uh, I guess when you compare Simon's character, Travis, to Jay Swan, he's certainly Travis is certainly an anti-hero uh in a way. But um uh how cautious were you of not creating another J Swan here?
0: Uh, was that something that you were conscious of while while developing this character? Uh, not really because I just thought he's gonna be a white cop. Yeah, you know, he's just mm-hmm. white and mm-hmm. he's up, you know he's just he's just on cruise control kind of thing, like the rest of society. Yeah. And Get him, um, getting
2: through to his rusted days off. Yes.
0: Yeah, still, still hang ups from his drug days, drug cop days, and um, yeah, no, I, I, because he was always it was only always about that kind of interaction, mm. you know, from one side to the other. Mm. Whereas Jay Swan's kind of he's got he's got to deal with both sides, yeah. you know, and that's kind of why people enjoy him, I think, because mm. Mm. Um, he's got that that struggle the mm. whole time. But I think I think Travis's struggle is a lot more complex, actually. I yes. think yeah, yeah, it's a lot deeper and more complex and um not not quite as um obvious. Yes. Yes. Yes, very much so. You're listening to the Cinema Australia podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or at cinemaaustralia.com.au. Um
1: uh, Simon, can you tell us
2: about what you brought to the character of Travis that perhaps wasn't in the script? Here's what happens generally when you when you re- when as an actor when you read a script. Mm. Um you read a script and people write a script and there's a film in there somewhere, mm. right? And But largely the script, and this happens more and more because filmmaking's an expensive um, proposition. It's yes. an expensive thing to undertake. Mm. Mm. Very much so. So people, people... The great thing about Ivan's script is it's a blueprint for a film that he wants to make. Mm. Mm. He's not really interested in writing it as a sales document to attract people to invest in it yes which 99.9% of scripts are f- that yes right mm. and then somewhere in there the the artists involved or in my case if I if I'm wearing my artistic hat I'm mm. looking in and trying to find the movie mm. in amongst his sales document And so when Ivan's script comes along it's it's not written for anyone except the people that are making it. Yes. yes. Not, not, not the people that are investing in mm, it, mm. not the people that are putting up this or that or whatever. It's written for the people that are making it, yeah. you know, like, like an architect's plans mm. if they're the builder. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that's refreshing. So mm. in that, it gives me space to explore and play around. Yeah. And, I, you know, I understand very quickly what his, what his intention is mm. uh, and that's half of the struggle a lot of the time with anything in the process of filmmaking yeah. from an actor's standpoint is trying to understand what the intention is there. Mm. And If the intention's there straight away then it's just like okay well, which, which is the best way to mm. inhabit that intention right and that might mean that there's a shift with the character here or the mm. shift with the character there or there's this sort of Thing. And then that's a process of that you do in a jigsaw puzzle, or at the touch of what your personality is mm-hmm. when you're on set, and and then just like the other thing I was talking about before, then it becomes this organic process. Mm-hmm. But it has to have a it has to have a philosophy, and has to have mm-hmm. an authenticity to it, and a framework. But it always starts, it always starts with how much either shit you've got to wade through in the script, yeah. which is there to sell the thing. Yes. Right? Yeah. Or how much clarity of opinion and point of view is in the mm, script, mm. you know, how much how, how true that document is. Mm. Uh, and and in this case, Ivan's document was very true. Any conversation with I I had with him, you know, he's a plain speaker. Yeah. As am I. Mm. So it's like, I get it, mm. you know? And if we're not getting it, then we can talk about football for a while and then suddenly <laughs> we'll use a metaphor from a footy game straight into this and we're getting it. Yeah. There's yeah. no, like, highfalutin talk about this or that. Mm. It's just very straightforward so we can get to down to brass tacks very quickly, mm. which gives me freedom. Yeah. Mm. And then if he knows that I'm getting it, he can relax and he can... <laughs> explore more that mm. side of what he wants to do mm. and that's to me like when I look at the great films that I love when I look at like you know something like you know the, 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 the Peck and Par films uh, you know the, of the 70s I go oh wow I look at Alan J. Pakula and Clute or something it's like he's talking to Jane Finder he's talking to Donald Sutherland they're, they're, they're figuring it out and there's a trust Mm -hmm. and they're making the film and it's pure. Yeah. Mm. And that's like in this day and age where most of the films that are made are superhero movies, Mm. right? And you've got to swan around and you're only hired if you've got this many followers and it's about (laughs) how much content can be sold with a movie. It's exciting to be engaged in something that is coming from a place that sits and lands in his heart, mm. and uh, it gives me the uh, enthusiasm and energy to throw myself into it from my heart.
1: Mm. Thank you for being so detailed with your answer there, because I know that we do have uh, some young actors who do listen to this podcast, and they'll really appreciate that, so thank you. Uh, last night when I was writing these questions, I actually had a, a finishing question to that one Uh uh, which was was he always a drug addict? And it was oh sorry a heroin user, not so much a drug addict. Sorry, but uh, and then when I went to bed, I looked at Instagram, and there was you two in a video in Adelaide answering that question that he was originally a diabetic. Is is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so where did the uh, the heroin come from?
0: From Simon. He he just yeah.
1: Why why did you think that Travis uh, that it would suit Travis's character?
0: It's just an idea. Yeah. You, know, you just was... you just saw the needle and just thought. What if he's blah,
2: blah? Yeah. Yeah. What if, he's, what if it's not just that? Yeah. It's like he's, he's broken mm, mm. and he's medicating properly. Like he's broken if he's not just, you know, it's, it's almost like um, to me the um, diabetic thing was like maintenance of keeping going mm. whereas if, if, the, if it, the stakes are actually higher for him where it's like he's just medicating because he doesn't know how to manage. Yes at all Mm. and it's then 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 it's all a little bit more unstable Mm. I mean Um, I only did the things that I did with the character because I had the freedom yes yeah you know and Ivan gave me that freedom
1: Um, uh, I know that sorry Simon I'll just stick with you for a moment here I know that uh, you directed episodes of The Guardian and mm. uh, and The Mentalist uh, mm. but now that you've got this feature film under your belt mm. do you uh, approach your acting style differently do you come onto set with a director's mindset I mean you'd have to have some balls to tell Ivan Sen what to do on
2: set but you uh... wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't do that you wouldn't do that I don't need to do that with Ivan yeah I have done it before yeah not but, with oven. Not with oven. Yes, yeah. but I have done it before. Yeah, and I'll probably do it again. Yeah, but not 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 in any egoic way. It's really just about you know sometimes you know sometimes films can be there's a lot going on mm-hmm. in on a lot of film sets and people can get you you know you can lose and get distracted by shiny things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I've been around for long enough to know like we keeping on track with story Mm. and this will cut and that won't cut, Mm. like the Mm. technical elements of it. But I've always had pretty much a a director's head and for a lot of my early career it was really hard for me to um, quieten that Mm. uh, in a lot of cases and that's why when on those TV shows I was like, I'm going to direct episodes Um, Mm. because I know all the actors and I know the crew really Mm. well and, Mm. and... it just didn't make sense that the that the the directors that would come in and out were kind of in for an episode and they were like out mm. and they were, you know, learning on the fly. Mm. Mm. Um, I was there the whole time so it was just one less person I had to talk to was me Yes. as yeah. an actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems more efficient.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Ivan, uh, I want to ask you, um, uh, Rob Collins, Natasha Wanganine and, and Nicholas Hope they're all as good as you'd expect them to be in this film because they're all you know world class actors in my opinion Rob Collins is just doing some incredible things at the moment um, uh, but I'm curious to know about your approach to working opposite the non-actors in the film uh, the people from the local community can you tell us a bit about that?
0: Yeah, yeah um the uh, children in the film, I, I found that them in uh, Cooper Piti just um, a week or two before, maybe a week or ten days before we started the shoot. Mm. So, um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're just phenomenal talents. Absolutely, t- you know, they're, they're <laughs> I, I couldn't ask for more from them. Mm. I just think they're incredible, yeah. and, and yeah. yeah, and incredible energy. I, I actually just like being around them. Mm. There's they're something that comes off those kids which is to do with where they're from, mm. and that's to do with who they are, mm. and and that rub that emits out of them and into me, mm. and into Simon, yeah. into yeah. everyone. Mm. And when you're shooting art, when you're making art, with that kind of energy floating around, it's just a joy. It's yeah. like, it's just like a high, you know? Mm. And I, I really want to do, keep going with those kids as well, because I, at first I think they're talented, and secondly I... I I, I, in the past I've, I've used non-actors and, and I haven't followed up as, as I should have in the mm, past Yeah. And, but this time I, I really want to I want to kind of um, you know get them into something else and mm. create something with them or for them or, um, because they're I, I, they're into it you know they're mm. a little bit shy sometimes yeah. but they feed off that yeah. too
1: you know yeah. D- does it take just as many takes as working with an actor like
0: Simon um, uh, Simon doesn't doesn't need much. Yeah. Um, the kids are the kids. They're that's a, that's another thing. They were mm. just so good at like I I rehearsed the hell out of them. Oh, good, know, good. With yeah. with dialogue, yeah. so they they the, they knew the dialogue so well that they that's what stopped them from being nervous. Yes. So they're focusing on on the lines mm. and they know them, so they're not worried about the camera and stuff. So mm. um, yeah, that's I think I've learnt that from the very beginning that when you're using non-actors, you, they really have to know what's going on. Yeah. And, and they're focused on what they're doing mm-hmm. that you've, you've directed them to do way before the, the shoot. I mean, don't, if, if, if you didn't, don't do that kind of you know, rehearsing beforehand, it, you turn up the shoots and they're going to work. Yes. You know, um, yeah. Unless it's just you know, some very simple thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I really loaded them up and they were just phenomenal.
1: Yeah, they're so exciting in the film. They bring a real energy to it, actually, when you're Mm -hmm. watching it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's terrific. Um, uh, I will wrap this up uh, very soon because um, you guys got to eat <laughs> but um, uh, I, I have a question that I ask every one of my guests on this podcast as a, as a final question um, and that is uh, I'm wondering if either of you to have seen an Australian film lately that has really stood out for you that you've really enjoyed um, and Ivan actually uh, I interviewed Jub Claire recently who directed Sweet As and her film was Limbo
0: yeah I think she, she saw that in uh, Berlin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We met her over there. Um, look, I haven't, I haven't seen her film. I haven't seen an Australian film. What's the, what, what's the late last Australian film to come out? I don't know. Oh, yeah. so many. Oh, so look, many. I, I'm not a, I'm not an avid. I, 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 don't. What I do is like I watch old films. Yes. I'm, my my focus is 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, the, the the thing that had an impression that, that, if you really want to truthfully know what's had an impression on me recently. It was Bertolucci's The Conformist. Wow. And uh, I, I, saw, I saw it on the plane going to Berlin. Mm. And I, I, I hadn't really watched it before. Not not really. And um, when I watched it and I got to Berlin, it just stayed in my head. Mm. And then I got back to Australia and I, I, I hunted it down. And and they were like... I mean, it's not about thinking it's, you know, what's a good film or not. I don't really care about that. There's, yeah. I, I just care about moments. Yeah. And I'm a moment person. I don't really... I mean, if if you're really just trying to judge a film from beginning to end, you'll never be happy. Yeah. I I, I love moments. Mm. And mm. and there's some scenes in that film, and it's like 1971 or 70 or something, mm. you know, about a guy becoming a fascist set in the 40, um, late 30s or something. Mm. And there's moments in that film that just... They're just... Yeah, they get into your blood. Mm. They get into your soul, mm. you know? And I think... Um, and really just inspirational. Yes. You know? Yeah. It just and that kind of thing just gets me going for the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon, you were
1: going to say the same thing. You, you haven't seen an Australian film recently?
0: No,
2: mm-hmm. I, no. I tend to I tend to go back and watch, and I, I, often I'll watch f- films that I've seen. You know, I think the last film I watched was the, was Carnal Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just sat there with it and my, and my sons walked in and said, what is this you're watching? And they were like, whoa, this is insane. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. But I, just like Ivan said, like I, me too, I, I'm, I fall in love with moments as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. I go, wow, that was so well executed, mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's unique to that film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah.
1: Simon and Ivan, thank you very much for joining the
2: Cinema Australia podcast. Great pleasure. That. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Find all the latest Australian film news at cinemaaustralia.com.au. You can follow Cinema Australia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok.